The way I look at myself, if I ever do, is a, I'm a man of extremes. If I didn't do this, I, I don't have anything to do, you know, I can't cook. I'm not very good at being a housewife. I can't relax in, in bed all day and, and, and just do nothing. I just, I think it's a waste of time. I have to be doing something every day. I want, I want to earn my keep. I hate doing the same things again. I, I like to see what's happening now and try and sort of incorporate all those kind of forms into Queen. We all have our ups and downs and we all have our limitations and we all know that um, there are certain things you can't do. But I mean, I don't want some asshole critic to tell me that. I'm just me. Just gimme, 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 fried chicken. Welcome to Highlander Rewatched, the podcast where we talk about everything Highlander. I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. And this is Eamon. And this is a very special episode because today we're talking Queen. And Queen is obviously very important to the Highlander universe. Uh, so we are integral. Integral. I th- I, I'm not sure we would have a Highlander. Is without that how you Queen. say that? Integral? Not integral? Integral? You know, integral? we can fight about this later. All right. <laughs> That's <laughs> but fine. I'm probably wrong. Sure. Tomato. Potato. We are joined this week by a very special guest uh, who's an expert on Queen uh, and one of our favorite podcasters. Today we are joined by comedian and podcaster Pat Francis. Pat, welcome to the show. Hey, oh. hey guys, how you doing? Good. How are you, Pat? Good. I don't know if I'm an expert on Queen. I I love Queen very very much. I own all the stuff. Uh, I've been a fan since. 1980, but I um, don't know if I'm an expert. I just want to, in case I get stuff wrong, I don't want to. Okay. Yeah. Uh, compared to us, dumb. I'm sure you're a wizard. So, so Pat, why don't you tell our listeners about your podcast? Because I'm sure they'd be interested. Uh, my pad, uh, my pad. No, that's not right. My, <laughs> podcast, my podcast is called Rock Solid. It's a comedy music podcast. The comedy just comes out of our natural conversation. Yeah, every week we have topics or uh, guests, musical guests. We've had, uh, you know, Lita Ford, Sammy Hagar, Rick Springfield, Marshall Crenshaw, Steve Lukather, many, 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 many guests. On a normal week, we might just do a topic. We, it could just be something as simple as sun and moon, and we would just play our favorite songs that either have the word sun or the word moon in the title. And uh, I have rotating co-hosts, and then I have a bunch of guest co-hosts. And it's just been something I've been doing for, I think we're in our eighth year. We have over, actually just check this, we have over 1,225,000 downloads. Wow. Holy crap. That's a lot. <laughs> and, uh, we totally have that and, many too. Don't look it up. Yeah. <laughs> and I've, I've always done it just because I, I love music and because it's always been fun to me. If you're going to do a podcast, only do it because it's fun. Don't do it because you think you're going to make money. Do it because it's something, a topic is something you love and you want to have fun. Because I, I've never gone to record one of my shows and thought to myself, uh, I don't want a podcast today. I've just never felt that. So that's my two cents. Yeah, And despite the lack of a Scrooge McDuck style pile of money for you to dive into, <laughs> that fat podcast loot. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, I did set up a Patreon page after in my sixth year because I felt... Well, I think I've built an audience, and maybe, maybe now, maybe they'll want to support the show. And um, but again, I waited six years to do it. Like in my first year, people are like, "You got to start a Patreon page." I'm like, "No." 
stupid. But yeah, it's, I have a lot of fun. I've made a lot of friends through the Rock Solid community, the listeners, and I think that they've made friends with each other. And it's always uh, always nice to see everyone interacting on Facebook and Twitter and, and just about their love of music. I, it, it makes me feel good. It's really good. So before we hop into Queen, we've heard through the grapevine that you've got some strong opinions about what our podcast is about highlander <laughs> uh we obviously do this podcast because we actually we have an affinity for it we love it uh right. although we also know it's got <laughs> some problems we, we love yeah. it warts and all yeah warts and all uh so why don't you let us know what you think about highlander i had never seen it before you know i'd seen clips or bits and pieces but i'd never seen the movie and then i think a mutual friend of ours david david yeah yeah he sent me a, a dvd of it and he's like you gotta watch this <laughs> So I watched it. It wasn't on Blu-ray, so it wasn't in high def. So maybe that's why. Yeah. So I watched it, and I was just—I um, don't know—I was just—I was just a little under underwhelmed. Maybe if I had seen it when it first came out, I would have a different opinion. But watching it in two thousand this past year, two thousand eighteen, wow, I was just like, uh, "This is." Um. <laughs> and here's the thing: I hate when they—I hate when good movies are remade. Like, yeah. they remake something like Psycho. I'm like, no. Like, Highlander, I feel, is not a great movie, but could be improved, you know, with a great remake. You know, and I'm not not a reboot. Take the core story of what is there and uh, tweak it for the better. <laughs> and that's a film, I feel, that could ha- have legs if they did a remake. Um, the, I love Quincy Brown. Guy. is great. Yeah. Is remaking yeah, it as we probably- speak. So maybe he can... He can- Pound something into shape out of this. Yeah. <laughs> Wake it up. Any 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 writer or director who has done a Marvel movie would would know what to do. Yeah. I like the cast too. I um, Clancy Brown is excellent. I, I watch. No, look, I I just watched a film that I love. That it, it's wildly panned by people. I love The Bride with Sting and yeah. Jennifer Beale, and Clancy Brown is the monster. I think it's fantastic, and I think it got bad reviews because in 1986, you know, you had Top Gun in these music video films. And no one wanted to sit down for a gothic drama. It's more of a, it's not really a, as much of a horror film as it is a gothic drama, but I love it. But anyway, so, yeah, the casting's great. Connery, and then I know those sequels are abysmal. Ugh. They're oh, trash. They're, they're bad. Yeah. <laughs> avoid, avoid the quickening like the plague. <laughs> yeah, and the as source. quick as you can get away from the quickening. They have yeah. sex in a dumpster in that movie. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> yeah, it's so hot. Wait, wait, who does? Connor, Connery does? Connor does. Lambert. Yeah. Lambert. Yeah. Lambert. Because, spoiler alert, he's an alien, and when the love interest finds out he's an alien, she fucks him yeah. in a dumpster. <laughs> yeah. Sure, sure. That's what happens. Yeah. 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 Virginia Madsen. I like Virginia Madsen, too. She's great. Yeah. yeah. They get they get they have good personnel in these things. It's just the, <laughs> the the follow through isn't that great. But it's nice of David to to send you that DVD. Yeah, yeah. I think he's I think he sends it to a lot of people. Yeah, <laughs> he's like an evangelist for this thing. He just yeah. has a pile that he like <laughs> shuffles. Can well, you, you can get the movie for like a dollar at Walmart. So probably. Can I, it's probably is it on Netflix? Do they stream those? things? I think it's on Hulu. 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 Yeah, uh, it was on HBO for a long time, but. The original movie, that is. Yeah. Now, my nephew is 28, and he likes it. Okay. He's 29, and he likes it. That's around our age. Yeah. What do you guys guys like about it? The nudity? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, I like that it's got kind of this blank canvas of history to tell a story on, especially when you dive more into the TV show. 
you know, you can really let your imagination kind of run wild. And it grapples right. with a lot of interesting themes of, like, changing morality over time and, you know, what the the meaning of life and death are. You know, you can you can wring a lot of stuff at it. And as, like, a little boy, I love dudes fighting with swords, so. Yeah. Know. Jeez, I, I'm hooked. I have to see this thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On the cast and the music, you can't really argue with those two no. things. I mean, yeah, no, not at all. Yeah, except- the music elevates the movie like oh, a lot. Absolutely. Without that soundtrack, uh, it m- might have gotten forgotten to the sands of time. <laughs> yeah, but there really is no soundtrack, right? Like, I right. can't buy the Highlander soundtrack because if you, I could, I would own it. Right. Yeah, it's just the uh, a kind of magic, yeah. which has got most of the songs from the uh, the album. And they released like a best of Highlander like multi CD package that has some of the Highlander original Highlander songs on it. Oh, and like some of the score. Yeah. Cause but, yeah, like Stuart Copeland did the music for the second movie, which is crazy. Yeah. Stuart Copeland's been on my show. He has. It's a great episode. <laughs> did he talk about Highlander? <laughs> no, because you know what? With Stuart Copeland, there was so much to talk about and I only had 90 minutes. So, and it was at his house. So I wasn't nervous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I couldn't get into every, everything that I wanted to talk about, but I tried. <laughs> that's awesome so in uh next week the bohemian rhapsody movie is coming out uh the biopic about freddie mercury and queen are you excited about the movie yes because here's what we're doing we're going to see it thursday night me and my producer kyle dotson and our friend david whoa <laughs> we are all going to see it we're going straight from the movie to the studio and we're going to record an episode about it wow That'll drop the following Thursday. Plus, I have Queen soundtracks to give. I have Bohemian Rhapsody soundtracks to give away. And I have books, uh, a new book that's coming out by Martin Popoff called Queen Album by Album. I'll be giving away copies of that, too. Oh, cool. Lots of of Queen stuff happening next week. Awesome. That's great. That's pretty Um, exciting. And I'm excited to, you know, seek some of the more personal side of this story because I feel like I don't know a ton about the individual members and their and their struggles and obviously it's got kind of a spoiler alert, it's got kind of a tragic ending so i'm curious to whoa, see whoa, how this whoa, whoa, whoa. what <laughs> I, i'm sorry i don't want to spoil well, the story that when, should... is that when uh, john deacon changes his name from deacon john to john deacon that's that that's it? it that's the twist so yeah. sad i know they brought well, in someone in for that for you, portion so. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, i am excited to see that because it'll definitely fill in a, a lot of gaps in my queen knowledge yeah so to let our listeners uh no what we're going to be doing is we're going to do a short series of podcasts on queen this will be the first um and we're going to do kind of an overview of the members of queen and what they've kind of contributed because one of the cool things about queen is that they all were songwriters um and lent their own kind of personal touches to the sound of queen uh and then our following episodes are going to be a deep dive into the highlander soundtrack which is going to be pretty cool um so why don't we start talking about who's in queen and pat we were thinking we could kind of play some of our favorite tracks by some of the uh the members and just kind of drop the needle as it were and then talk about it so why don't we start with uh the guy that kind of locks the band together the bass player john deacon john deacon i mean and until I, you know, when, when you're when you're a kid, sometimes you don't read all the credits in the album. But when I was when I was of an age where I was like, oh, who wrote this song and who wrote that song? And I found out how many songs John Deacon wrote and how many of those were ones that I loved. I mean, I was just like, I mean, he he doesn't sing lead. He's the only Queen member that doesn't sing lead. So sometimes I wouldn't think about him that much. But man, once I found out the songs he was involved in and. uh yeah, there's a great song on the third album, Sheer Heart Attack, called Misfire, that is just, it's so great, so wonderful. 
looking through all of the songs that he had a heavy hand in, you know, the other one that kind of jumped to mind, I Want to Break Free, there's something kind of like sweet about the songs that he takes the the lead on, or not takes the uh, lead on, that he wrote, that like, he wrote. yeah, that they've got like kind of a, they're like slightly less romantic and more like kind of filial in some way i don't know that was just a, a thing i was thinking as i was listening to these well he seems to be really influenced by kind of like 50s rock and some soul music which i think really adds like a different dimension to the way he writes you're my best friend is just a great just such a great tune i've actually got the isolated bass from you're my best friend you want to take a listen to that for a second yeah why not all right that sounds great yeah it does <laughs> no, it's killing so so subtle yeah, there it goes. What a groove. Ah, it's fun. It's great. Yeah. And then we can hear it uh, as part of You're My Best Friend. Here we go. This is one of my favorite songs, too. Yeah, this is a great... It's just a feel-good, like, toe-tapping song. pulling that out because it's yeah. they, they don't mix it that heavily but there's a lot going on in that bass line like he's really helping move that along and adding this like real cool extra groove to the whole thing yeah he's got a great like melodic sense i think like you can hum that bass line like a lot of i think lesser bass players you know it's just like thump 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 uh, and a lot of songs you know require that i guess but now wait a minute that you just did you that was another one bites the dust <laughs> yeah that was a- <laughs> which is also a john deacon song <laughs> when you go through the albums like sometimes he's only written one song on the album but it's a great but it's great like it's a it's a grand slam it's not a home run it's a grand slam like you can't beat him or spread your wings i mean it's just unbelievable the songs this guy's written I don't want to stay stereotypical, but like the Queen classics were like when you think Queen, like a lot of his songs are the songs that like pop in your head and you might not know it was him. Yeah, I hope the I hope the the Bohemian Rhapsody movie 
shines a little bit of a light on that for you know casual fans, people in the audience, so they could see. Oh, I didn't know that the bass player wrote that because you know Freddie's prominent on the movie poster. And I think a lot of times with bands, if the lead singer is a big presence, everyone thinks that the lead singer wrote everything sometimes. And that's not the case with Queen. Yeah. And it's cool, too, because, like, John Deacon got brought in later to the to Queen. Like, he was the youngest yeah. member of the band. Uh, right. He was, what, like 19, I think, when he joined? I think so. Yeah. And he's, Ooh, that makes me feel thing. so good about my accomplishments. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I've done so much. <laughs> Here's the thing about John Deacon. If Brian May wrote a song, Brian May usually sang the song. If Roger Taylor wrote a song, Roger usually sang the song. But when John wrote a song, Freddie sang it. So Freddie was getting, you know, all those accolades for these great songs that were gifted to him by uh, by the quiet member, John Deacon. One other thing I love about John is his sense of fashion. Yeah. <laughs> like, his outfits are amazing. Like, you could pull him out of like 2008 Williamsburg, Brooklyn, yeah, and be like, "Oh, this guy's uh, like <laughs> the bass player of an indie rock band." Like he's always got like weird shorts on, a shirt with like maybe a cat on yeah. it, <laughs> or he's just yeah, like wearing like some, a bathing suit, some big flower print shirt. Yeah, it's, like it's fucking crazy. Contact a concert. Maybe this is like a Back to the Future scenario where he <laughs> heard the music and then went back in time and yeah. played with Queen. What's the, the what's well, the video well, where Freddie Mercury's like in a t- tuxedo like him and brian mayer in tuxedos and john deacon is next to them like literally wearing a bathing suit <laughs> oh boy i can't i can't pull that uh from my vast knowledge <laughs> i thought you were an expert yeah <laughs> i do know what you're talking about <laughs> so kyle raymond do you guys have any picks for uh, great john deacon songs or favorites i mean mine are like Give me a pumpkin spice latte and put me in uh, yoga pants because my picks were basic, but they're they're just... It's another one bites the dust. You're my best friend, and then the third runner-up was I want to break free. They're just so good. I I love those songs. Yeah. No matter what John Deacon song you pick, though, it's it's going to be a hit that people know. So I mean, your picks are great. There's there's a few that people might not know, but I mean, for the most part, people know these songs. There's a good story about I Want to Break Free. Apparently, like, in Cold War era, like, USSR, like, all those countries that were trying to break free, <laughs> this became, like, an anthem for oh, yeah. a lot of those countries. Like, they were played at rallies. But then wow. Queen produced the music video, which is about, like, cross-dressing, and everyone was like, uh-oh, like, what, <laughs> wait a minute. I can't figure out what that buzz is. Ruth Buzzy. Ruth Buzzy. Kyle, Buzzy. do you have a John Deacon pick? Yeah, uh, my my uh, my pick was also the you know Soviet Republic liberation anthem turned Coke Zero commercial theme. I want to break three. Yeah, let's listen to a few seconds of it. Just got to break free from those calories, man. And we're the yoke of Soviet oppression. <laughs> Either or. It almost has like a religious opening. It does. Yeah. It's like a. But this groove, this is a very like 1950s rock and roll. Like it's right in the pocket. It's great. Pocket so hip. <laughs> I want to break free. Mercury like vacuuming during this in a yeah. in a dress. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's the music video.
So good, good stuff. So good. You know what else is so great about great. his bass playing too is that like a lot of like I don't know contemporary rock or whatever the the style of bass playing is like undiscernible low note mm. <laughs> like burp, like you can't even hum it. Yeah. But like it's really got musicality and like a pitch to it's it. Like it's a nice Yeah, that's it. Or you is he in the room? Yeah. He's here. Were you about to drift into Vanilla Isis? Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, you see, it's different. That's right. It's definitely not written by Queen and David Bowie. All right, so let's uh, talk about the other person holding down the pocket. And you know, you can't hold no groove if you ain't got no pocket. Roger Taylor, the drummer. Who? Pat, what are your thoughts uh, on uh, Roger? What are your favorite tracks of his? Oh, boy, what are my favorite? I mean, I, I like some I like some oddball ones. Like, I, I really love uh, I'm in Love With My Car. I love that, too. It's so out there. Yeah, I love that song. <laughs> I love uh, I love the song Sheer Heart Attack, which was not on the Sheer Heart Attack album, but appeared a few albums later on News of the World. That That's happens a great with tune. Queen a few times. Yes, yeah, like, they just the like song with people. Is on the other <laughs> Sheer Heart Attack is great. I love uh, I love when Roger sings. I love a song on the game called Rocket parentheses Prime Jive that him and Freddie sing together. And uh, yeah, I think uh, you know Roger brings the rock to that band for sure. Here, why don't we take a listen to uh, Rocket Prime Drive? Because a lot of people, I think, don't think of him as a singer. Again, people that might not be familiar that like most of the members of the band sang and were featured heavily in the vocals. Roger has like nine solo albums. Um, he has like six solo albums and then um, three or four with his band called The Cross. Holy moly! So, yeah, he, tons of music for Roger. There's a lot of energy. Yeah, Roger. Roger's voice is cool. I like. I like his voice a lot. I mean, no one's Freddie, but you know, Roger and Brian are pretty great singers in their own right. And he is a good, like, gruff, like. Yeah, it's doing rumble. something different. You know, like yeah, Freddie's it's got some more edge. Almost has this like operatic quality to it, where that's like has a, has a more kind of classic rock and roll feel to it. And uh, for me, being a straight male. Roger is the heartthrob of the band, in my opinion. Ooh. Oh, sure, he's got that long blonde hair. Yeah, and plus look, look at him in the I, "I Want to Break Free" video. He's the he's the only dude that can pull that off. Let me get that out of my spank bank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to make a withdrawal. withdrawal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and is it true that he was almost the drummer for Genesis? Well, yes. Uh, Boy, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if that's true, but I love that. That was the it thing is. I had heard, which is that, crazy. That's thing I read online as well that he almost got the job before Phil Collins. Wow. Which look at, I'm just thinking about like what insane chain of events that would have touched off. Like, what is the Earth Prime timeline? Yeah, <laughs> where he actually is the drummer for Genesis. We have no idea who Phil Collins is. Yeah, Roger Taylor does I the feel- soundtrack for Tarzan. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the Highlander would be involved with this happening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like Roger Taylor, uh, the Invisible Man song from uh, the Miracle oh, yeah? album. And uh, it kind of sounds like Ghostbusters. <laughs> uh, I was like, is this Ghostbusters? I'm the Invisible Man. It's a, it does sound like 
if you just said point blank that that's a different band, if so, if this opened on, and I was like, is that Queen? And they're like, no, 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 that's not Queen. That's you're confused. I'm like, okay. And the <laughs> lyrics are insane. He says, uh, "On the end of your bed, don't turn around. When you hear me tread, I'm in your room and I'm in your bed. I'm in your life and I'm in your head." Like the CIA or the FBI, <laughs> you'll never get close. Never take me alive. <laughs> like, oh, oh boy, those are horrifying lyrics. <laughs> Happy Halloween! <laughs> but it's a great song, and it's like it's fun. It just goes, "I'm the Invisible Man." It's good, huh? I like See, that's one of the Queen songs I'm not like into. I love this. Song. I don't like some of their like just, more dancey, poppy ones. I just like it because it's crazy. Let's listen to a couple seconds of it. Check the well, tape. That's the thing. That's the thing about Queen. The song "The Invisible Man," which is very poppy and dancey, it follows a song called "I Want It All," which is in your face hardcore rock and roll song. I, I mean, love yeah. that song, and it's yeah. like it's it's a like pure rock and roll through and through. Yeah, song to song, the albums change up. It's great. Yeah. Here's some of the Invisible Man. That drum is awesome. Good bass. Freddy Mercury. This is Ghostbusters, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's better than Ghostbusters. I don't know. Could you get an entire club of white people to dance to this in a club? <laughs> sure. Because I've seen that happen with the Ghostbusters theme oh, many you're times. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> and they all say Ghostbusters. <laughs> it does have a groove. And I like the drums. The drums are fun. Yeah, all right. Fine. Good. I'll retract I, I, my opinion. It's not my favorite Queen song. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But now your favorite. You're, you're, I, you're sold on those orchestra idea, hits. I thought the idea of being an invisible man is because you didn't want uh, uh, you know people to, to know where you were at. Right. Yet this invisible man feels like he needs a... A theme song. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I'm telling you exactly where I am at all times. Yeah. I'm in your bed. I'm in your head. Oh, yeah. that's rhyme. Oh, look at that. It's actually the lyrics were by Dr. Seuss. It's uh, yeah. Uh, he ghost wrote. So, Pat, before we move on to the rest of the band, how did you get into Queen in general? Like, wh- when did you discover them? I mean, I think I was always familiar with you know the big hits from the '70s, Killer Queen and Bohemian Rhapsody and Somebody to Love. But the first uh, the first Queen album I actually purchased was when they started to use synthesizers, and that's that's not the reason. But it, the first album I purchased was The Game, probably because I heard another one bites the dust on the radio, or, or a crazy little thing called Love, or maybe the song Play the Game. But um, that was the first al- Queen album I purchased, and then from there I went back and bought everything else, and. From that point on, I was a day of release guy with Queen for the rest of my life. Anytime there's a a Queen release, I I would go and purchase it the day it was released. But uh, The Game is still my favorite Queen album. I don't know if it's because I bought the first one. I mean, that was the first one I bought or not. But I really love that album so, so much. For sure. How about you guys? What were some of your first Queen memories? I mean, my first Queen memory is the Highlander TV show theme song, which is Princes of the Universe. Wow. Um, I'm not like... I'm not very musical. Like I, I'm bad with band member names and track names. Um, but Princess Facts, of the Universe, figures, dates, yeah, information, knowledge. All <laughs> it all it's all a wash. It goes in one ear at the other. Uh, but yeah, Princess of the Universe. I loved that song, and I didn't even really know it was Queen. But my dad listened to like the Grateful Dead and stuff like that, and he didn't really like Queen. Hmm. So he'd always kind of slag Queen off around me he liked led zeppelin and jefferson airplane and stuff like that weird so i didn't really get into queen until i was like in college when i 
a girl mentioned Freddie Mercury to me, and I was like, who's that? Ah. <laughs> this was interesting going through, like, I listened to all of their albums over the past week, and it's been great. Cool. How about you, Kyle? What was your first Queen experience or my first recollections? Me- my first memory of Queen, actually, it's good that we're talking about this with while we're still sort of a little bit kind of talking about Roger Taylor. What first Queen song I actually really remember hearing and knowing it was Queen, I was very young and my mom had put on Radio Gaga, That's good. and I was like, "What is this? Why is this? <laughs> man, why is he talking like a baby? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not that far off from being a baby." Uh, and then, you know, she started. She told me about Queen, and that's kind of my first real memory of it. And I feel like I now still just have like this real weird soft spot for that song. Yeah, like it's kind of an odd one. Uh, it is, but like some people really don't like that song. Yeah. It's interesting. Though. I like and it. It's like I don't know. I've got this like real weakness for it because huh. like I think that you was the what? first time someone said this is Queen. Here is Queen. Yeah. I, I think uh, I, I'm I'm really mad at myself now because I totally dropped the ball. Uh, Roger Taylor wrote Radio Gaga, and that is one of my favorite Queen songs. So I feel like I dropped the ball. <laughs> well, we were all disappointed, and we we definitely all noticed. That's <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. But we we can correct this error and listen to it a little bit. Here we go. The Live Aid version of this song is really amazing and kind of changed my mind on it a little bit. Right. I'm, I'm dating myself, but uh, I, I was in college when this album came out. And, you know, with the, with the, uh, the floor is full of guys listening to Van Halen and, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff. And I would crank this up and they would be like, what in the hell is this? <laughs> this is terrible. I'm like, nah, sorry, dudes. It's, I find it so it's interesting, great. like talking to people now about this or, or about Queen. I feel like I've been in two situations where people confused Queen for Van Halen. Really? And really? I, yeah. What and the I, fuck? Was, I was, yeah, exactly. That was my I was really indignant. I don't know. I feel like some people today kind of lump a lot of music from that era together. Huh. And I, which I find completely baffling. But yeah, especially with Queen, like 
these songs are some of the big ones. Like people are going to be singing these songs for all time. Until, and, and it's like, the so recognizable too. Like Freddie's voice, Brian's guitar playing. Like the second you hear that guitar, you're like, oh, it's Brian May. Like you don't even need to know what song it is. Wow, I'm surprised to hear that. Yeah, no, it's it happened once. I thought it was a coincidence. It happened twice. I was like, hmm, Weird. maybe people my age are idiots. <laughs> oh, maybe. <laughs> Radio Gaga is like a pretty song too. Like coming from a drummer. I think you might think, like, oh, it's not going to be, like, a melodically heavy song. But, like, Radio Gaga's pretty. Like, you can really hum that. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's good stuff. And is it all just a big fuck you to MTV? Is that what's going on here? Or That's a good question. Like, they're a bunch uh, of babies? Uh, <laughs> I think they were just looking. I think it was more... Um nostalgia you know just looking back to a time when you know you didn't you didn't need the visual you know for the song to enjoy the song you know because some some videos for me in the 80s like when i hear that song all i can think about is the video you know and i can't i can't interpret the song on my own when mtv came out yeah you know what i mean yeah that's and, a good um, point i mean mu- music is is for the ear not for the eye right i loved mtv when it was on but i think i knew what they, i think i know what they mean well, like thriller is in i mean it's a great song but it's also like it's, you it's, can't execrate execrate uh-oh <laughs> <laughs> extricate is that extricate is that what not, i'm trying to say put it this one when you say that when you say michael jackson i don't think about music anymore yeah it's all like it's the show it's I this mean, big package that you get. Say it's nothing the of the, the scandals and... <laughs> that <laughs> racked him. Maybe I, I'm, I wait, what happened with him? <laughs> you didn't hear? No, no, I haven't. Uh, he el- held his baby out a window. <laughs> oh, well, I'm sure we can just... Amongst other things. Has anyone asked him recently about this? Oh, oh no. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Keith, what? there's some bad news. Wait, what? Uh, he's on, he's Just don't tell him he can't handle it. <laughs> oh, no. All right, well, I'll Google this later, guys. All right, well, let's move on to the next member of the band, Brian you May. say yours. Oh, well, okay. My, <laughs> say my, yours. How did you hear about that? I remember very distinctly in first grade, my mom's favorite Queen song, and actually I think it was her favorite song, was Bohemian Rhapsody. And she would talk about, like, when she was younger, they would listen to it, and, like, everybody would get quiet if it came on the radio, and just, like, be in that song. Uh, And she was like, yeah, it's great, because it's, like, a story song. That was probably the the first song I ever kind of just sat down and listened to with my mom. It's like, oh, she put on, like, a tape or whatever of it. Uh, And I think part of of it was, like, it was because it was my mom's favorite song. I was like, that's now my favorite song, like, because you're in fucking first grade, and, you know, you don't have real good taste at that point you have great taste in spaghettios <laughs> yeah sure and, and hot dogs all that and... stuff um so yeah so i remember really digging that song early on box. and mm-hmm. and also like queen like the best of the greatest hits like queen mm-hmm. one and two i guess that was like family vacation car ride music because it was two discs or two tapes long so like the entire road trip would be marked by usually playing that out al- those albums and like rem automatic for the people <laughs> wow. uh so yeah i always associated with like good times and going on vacation and stuff good times That's cool. yeah hey Eamon. yes you're a highly talented skilled artist do you have anything out there that uh showcases your dope work well i do kyle funny you should ask i it have is funny, actually. <laughs> let's treat this as funny as it is you can give us <laughs> what can we get hey you can get a set of five highlander character magnets five are there even five characters in highlander <laughs> <laughs> there is i was as surprised as you so we have our duncan mcleod Ooh, he's the hero we have amanda oh she's the hero we Hi. have 
Joe. Not quite the hero, but all right. He's one of them. He's the great, though. I'm a watcher. We have <laughs> Mythos. Oh, sometimes like friends, sometimes enemy. Yeah, he's a little trickster like Loki from the Avengers movies. And we recycle a character, Duncan McLeod. <laughs> recycle a character. But he's a flashback Scottish Duncan. Ooh, when he's like all barbarian fine. He's all barbarian duck. Does he like use his rage? He does. When he like rages, does he get like plus two to attack rolls and like mm-hmm. damage sure. resistance to bludgeoning attacks or something? That's right. These are D&D 5th edition jokes. Uh, they have nothing to do with our magnets, but where can we find these edition. things? 5th yeah, edition. Yeah, better believe there's a 5th edition. Five magnets. Yeah, right. one, for each, one edition for each magnet. That's right. You can find these magnets on Etsy by searching Highlander Rewatch, or we have a store on our Facebook page. Oh, is that what happens when you push that shop now button? That is. That makes a lot of sense. That's so convenient. And these five magnets are only $15 for the whole kit and caboodle. Whoa, Eamon, as an artist, like if you were going somewhere and just like buying like one print, Mm -hmm. how much would that cost? That would be like $15 at minimum. Oh, and you're getting five separate things and they're fully functional as magnets? That's right. That's nuts. What kind of value is that? And where do the proceeds for this whole thing go? Like surely like to build your art empire or something. This supports this very podcast that you're listening to. This very one? Right now. This very one, my dear boy. That's incredible. So if I'm a huge Highlander fan and I've just been like enjoying our free content for Mm -hmm. like the three years we've been doing this thing, Mm -hmm. I can buy these magnets to support it? That's right. Oh, I should probably stop being a freeloader and do that. Do it. Today. All right. Let's talk about Brian May. May we? Yeah, we may. (laughs) Pat, why don't you kick us off again? The first song on the first Queen album, uh, simply titled Queen, is written by Brian May, and it's a killer. It's called Keep Yourself Alive. Love it. We were talking about that earlier because we saw a snippet from the live at Wembley. When does that track go? When? Uh, 1973. 73, yeah. Yeah, let's listen to that. I mean, like, the fact that this is the very, like, if you bought this album, this is, when the needle drops, this is what you get blasted in your ears. Like, yeah, like, that's incredible. It's amazing. Here, it's like this great wall of sound. Here we go. It's great. What a like, rocking tune. Yeah, I can see just like that needle going. It's like, all right, I'm hooked. I'm going to listen to this whole album now. Like, And it's such a great yeah. buildup. Another like great intro to a song. Like, Welcome just to that... Intro Rewatch. Yeah, again, we're talking about these intros. I didn't think this is where we, what we'd be talking about. It's not that kind of podcast, guys. Uh, <laughs> I was out for dinner one night with a, with a, with a, with a famous guitarist. Uh, he, he was on my, on my show, and his band was big in the late 70s, early 80s. Huge hits all over MTV. And... Uh, I started to talk about Queen. I was saying how, you know, the, the greatest guitarists for me are the ones that have their own sound. Like you guys said, when you hear Brian May, you know it's Brian May. And he was like, I don't like Brian May. I'm like, what, what are you talking Whoa. about? <laughs> Hot take. And then he goes, and then he goes, I don't like Queen. And I go, you don't like Queen? How do you, how can you not like Queen? And he, his, he said, because they suck. <laughs> oh, great. I was, like, I was just like, what? He, a famous musician. I don't <laughs> like he, he's absolutely wrong. Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, like also, he's like a, a, a famous musician, and his critique is they suck. suck. <laughs> right. I assume he had a right. fist fight after this. I'm sure we can look it up in the news uh, somewhere. Yeah. 
I, I, I will tell you, it got dinner got awkward after that. Ooh. Sure. <laughs> was this like during the appetizer? So you had a lot of time to, <laughs> to let that going. stew. It was right in the middle. I'll tell you more when I'll tell you more after we're done. Yeah. Oh, cool! Yeah, nice. That'd be great. Uh, for my, I've got a. This is my favorite Brian May song, and it's funny because it's not like a rockin' tune. Although he's the guy that like really brings like the heavy metal to Queen, yeah. I think. But one of my favorite tunes of his is from News of the World, All Dead. This is such a pretty oh, yeah. song. His playing's great, and his, he sings on this. And Brian has a great voice too. So let's take a little listen. She came with a She tried to say so much to my lover, so many games we played through every fleeted summer, through every precious day. All dead, all dead, all the dreams we had, and I wonder why I still live on. All dead. really pretty and not at all like some of his other hits not a lot of bands can pull off shit like this i no. mean no. listen to the range of tracks we've listened to like well it's amazing when a band like deviates from what people want like the fans are kind of like all right skip this track <laughs> i didn't find myself doing that listening to these like every every track like they can just flip through styles and it's so natural and it, it almost always works, which is really amazing. Yeah. What well, helps that they kind of have the, they, they have the chops to pull off a lot of different things because I don't know to be able to pull off the kind of harmonies and things like that that make a lot of their other songs work. I don't think a lot of bands without this amount of vocal talent could pull that off. And I, I want to give a shout out to two more really heavy Brian May songs. They're uh, Tie Your Mother Down. And Hammer to Fall from oh, uh, yeah. the works. And uh, the uh, the Bohemian Rhapsody soundtrack, the first uh, track on the Bohemian Rhapsody soundtrack is um, the 20th Century Fox movie theme as done by Brian May. Whoa. No way. That's, That's awesome. wild. It is really cool. I assume the drumming on it is Roger Taylor, but it's it's so fantastic. That is awesome. <laughs> Did we talk about Headlong? No. no. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, like that song is killer and in my mind really kind of epitomizes a lot of that like driving heavy style that he's able to bring that like the, the Queen songs that just like really and truly rock like this might be on top of that pile. Here we go. Yeah, I'm air drumming <laughs> for the listeners now. Yeah. Like, beautifully, though. It's immaculate. Yeah. 
good stuff. Another on that. And then, t- that, and then that hoop diddy diddy hoop diddy. Oh, too. it's great. <laughs> get away with doing that in a heavy song like this i mean it's almost ridiculous if, if you said oh and here's here are the lyrics you know, like, <laughs> what are you talking about what the hoop did diddy <laughs> are you nuts you can't put that in here well that's for p well, diddy when, when got a his name. Man eats a white hot lady hoop diddy diddy <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like uh, that classic moment when a hoop diddy meets a hoop diddy do yeah uh, <laughs> Like I often th- thought that while listening to a lot of their discography of like who else could get away with this? Like I feel like a miss of only a few like kind of percentage points in either direction and like you could end right. up with something that wouldn't land and would like veer into like kind of ju- like I don't know th- things that you make oh, this is a little too much or like, like self-parody almost yeah, yeah right. but like they're able to like thread that needle so perfectly and I think that's because of you know Freddie Mercury being such a flamboyant character that brian may could write a song like that knowing that freddie well freddie will pull this off and no one will think anything about it sure yeah he'll just like chew it up and spit it out and it'll be like exactly as it should be well he can sing in any style like he can sing melodically or sing operatic he can do like a fast rock track where he has to like really spit out the lyrics it's, yeah. it's really amazing. I, I don't know how he does it yeah. or did it. And all while, like, dancing and running around. Running all over the place <laughs> like a madman. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, I mean, uh, you know, it's it's an, uh, something that people always say. But Freddie's voice, I mean, it's, it's really the best. It's really the best voice in rock and roll. And, I mean, Queen is not my favorite band, but there's no way you can argue that Freddie is the greatest singer of, of the rock era, in my opinion. For sure. And that brings us to uh, the man of the hour, the star of the new movie. Who's that? Oh, Freddie Mercury. Oh, oh. okay. <laughs> oh, him? Yeah, him. Oh, okay. So, Kyle, what do you think makes Freddie so special? It's not just the, the singing. Like, it can stand on its own as a song, but something about seeing him do it, like, almost locks a picture in place for me that, like... He is, like, the eminent showman. Like, you're kind of just eating out of the palm of his hand. And, like, few people have the ability to do that. Yeah. It's like, you know, he can, like, he's, his voice is paired with, like, someone who can, like, move around the stage like Mick Jagger and, like, be even more over the top but, like, make it look perfectly seamless. And that's, I don't know, it's like, it's lightning in a bottle. Sure. Yeah, like, not even, like, showman but, like, rock star. Like, he's a guy from album one that's a rock star like when i think of like what does it mean to be a rock and roll star? it's like it's freddie mercury like to own like every bit of the music and your personality and like give that to the audience the way he does is incredible i mean i'm sure freddie worked very hard to attain all the skills that he had but i feel like it's almost like genetic or it's like it's just in his dna that he's that magnetic and people are drawn to him like he's in front of crowds of like thousands of people thousands upon thousands and they're all glued to him yeah that's amazing now i know uh i know the audio is not good if i play something but here's i'm gonna play something anyway (laughs) yeah guys i did not tell you that skrillex is here he's he's on the fourth mic (laughs) yeah i love him it's great he's grinding it Uh, out this is also on the bohemian rhapsody soundtrack this is 42 seconds this is live it's from live aid and this it will sum up in 42 seconds the rock star power of Freddie Mercury. Here we go. Hey, oh, 
so cool i mean no one got the people going at live aid like queen did i mean hundreds of thousands of people repeating whatever you say he could have said anything they would have said it just crazy yeah it's amazing oh and they, and they tried saying that one line i'm not sure the audience yeah. hundred thousand people were <laughs> yeah. able to track it <laughs> <laughs> i think we were all laughing at the end but then Freddie closes, he goes, all right. And they all say, all right. They weren't going to stop. They were going to keep going. It was amazing. It's awesome. Uh, for me, if I can, uh, if I can jump in sure. on uh, Please do. a quintessential song written by Freddie that I absolutely love. I never get sick of it. It's got all the Queen elements in it. It's from the album A Day at the Races, and the song is Somebody to Love. Each morning I get out my diet, can't barely stand on my feet. Good stuff. And it's, uh, I'd like to note that Queen had worked with Roy Thomas Baker uh, or co-producing all the albums up until this album. And then on this album, Queen produced this themselves. So they definitely learned a lot from Roy Thomas Baker in the studio because that sounds phenomenal. Now, Pat, I got to ask you, are you a Meatloaf fan by chance? I am uh, 100% a Meatloaf fan. Huh? I've seen him, seen him. I own all the albums. But the last few albums have been rough. What were you going to ask me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was just going to That's what you were going to say? Yeah. Of all the things you had to say, you picked that. No, I was going to say, I'm like... I'm hit or miss on Meatloaf. I like some of his stuff. You know, he's not like in my must play rotation or anything like that. Right. Um, right. But like Meatloaf is like. I totally understand that. I mean, you are in the majority on that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But Meatloaf has this like, you know, musical theater style to him. And sometimes I find that to be like a little cheesy uh, and I can't get get on board. But like when you listen to like Somebody to Love and a lot of the, the Queen catalog, it verges on like it's so theatrical. But somehow for me, I never get that like. I'm never like, oh, this is cheesy, where I can feel that way about Meat Love songs that are like well, really theatrical. That's the beauty of Queen. They, yeah. they, can, uh, they can get it across to the masses. They can, you know, they can make the, the gruffest guy weep or sing along or, you know, it's just great. 
really great queen. Like a, a similar point to that. I thought about this a lot because probably the, the album I'd probably listened to the least in the lead up to this was Queen 2. Me, Yes, me too. Yeah. I agree with you. That's one that doesn't really resonate with me. I, I don't... I only like a few songs. I don't really care for Queen 2. Yeah. And what, one of the things I kept seeing in it, which was interesting, is there's like almost this flirting with a lot of things I associate with prog rock bands of like yes. this exploration of fantasy themes yeah. and this like real ogre high, battle, ogre battle yeah. <laughs> which as a real connoisseur of old ta- old strategy games has a place in my heart. But I'm listening to like Rush. Is this like them singing about their D and D characters of like the Snow Dog? Yeah, yeah the My Snow Dog. The Snow Dog. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, what's weird about Queen Two is it doesn't. It's not like the first album, and then it's not like the album that follows it. A sheer heart attack. It's this thing unto itself, and um, I don't know why I don't get into it. You know, White Queen and and the Fairy Fellers, Master Stroke, and. March of the Black Queen. I, I think it feels like it's some type of a concept album, but I don't know what the story is. Right. It, it feels a little bit like a course correction at some point. Because yeah. like you can see some of the elements of that permeating in some of the you know more theatrical qualities yeah. we've been talking about. But I think they like tried really putting that stuff on the floor the form we're like yeah maybe we back off a little let's right. uh because this feels this feels like an album that could have ended any um momentum that they had started i mean it i don't know how other diehard queen fans feel about it maybe i should pull it out this week and give it a go again but yeah it's just it's not it's the one that just sits on my shelf collecting dust i do and, like that ogre battle though <laughs> i do like that song too that's like if i had to pull one song that i like i do like that song Now once upon a time an old man sold me a fable When the piper is gone and the soup is cold in the table And when the black crow flies to find a new destination Amy, do you have a favorite uh, Freddie song? Uh, I think my favorite is Princes of the Universe, just because I have such a history with it. Like The song shifts like four or five times. It's, it's kind of a, an insane song. It is an insane song. Here, let's but, uh, listen to it a little bit. Of course, I'm sure our listeners have heard this song fucking a million times. Yeah. I don't understand why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's from that dumb movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This part, that, that's awesome. Yeah. I love the, the droning. I mean, it's so simple, but it, it makes my, like, hairs stand on end. Yeah. And he just, he goes in and he goes in. He's like 110%. stuff this music video seeing christopher lambert on a stage with freddie mercury despite the fact that christopher lambert's ostensible job is to be charismatic on film yeah (laughs) is it's like night and day yeah it's a little bit awkward (laughs) it's really weird it's like 
it seems like in the music video. Have you ever seen the music video to this, Pat? Yes, I have. Yeah. Yeah, like Lambert. I guess, I guess he's trying to look serious, right? Like he's supposed to be his movie character, but like yeah. people are singing and dancing around him, <laughs> and he looks like he has like no idea what's happening. He looks like he's not having a good <laughs> no. time. No, <laughs> like I find out with all his acting, that's how it is. That's True. fair. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we talk a lot about on this podcast about. He's probably not a very good actor. <laughs> yeah. But he's, he's got a presence. He's great as Layton, Rayton, Lord of Lightning. Yeah, that's one of his best roles. <laughs> well, like, Christopher Lambert is playing an immortal for a movie. This is going to sound really corny. Freddie Mercury is immortal through his music. Hey, oh. <laughs> Sorry, that was so Uh-oh. corny. Uh-oh. Oh, oh, boy. I think, you, I think you've just canceled the podcast. <laughs> Bye, guys. <All> right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fired from this podcast now, yeah. this, um, this song feels like a song that brian may would have written but no like you said this is freddie wrote this song yeah he could write heavy rock songs too yeah for sure and this is like a heavy and it gets into a crazy guitar riff and, and then, then he's, he's like, like bring on the girls, bring on the girls! Yeah. <laughs> <It's> just fantastic <laughs> so he's doing a bit of acting there too exactly right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's the finest actor of them all much better than Lambert, who spends most of it just like you're trying to figure out when he's going to flash you. It's like yeah. that trench coat. What's under there? <laughs> no one will ever know. That's well, true. a sword. Oh, uh, my pick for Freddie songs. I picked, uh, you know, not one of the, the big hits, but something that I think shows like like you said, Pat, like that he can rock to um, yeah. flick of the wrist from sheer uh, heart attack is such a rocking tune. Oh, I don't know. And of course, great keyboard work from Freddie. like some metal tones in it in the beginning like yep. i could see that being on a metal album yeah it's just it, it goes through like different styles through within the song which is a big mark of queen i think is just to like not only switch up the vibe on an album but like within the song itself there's like all these different styles and they pull it off it's crazy that album is like the hidden gem in the queen catalog i mean that is so far and away superior to Queen 2, this entire album. It's fantastic. If you've never heard this album, people, go get it. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And that's the song that's about their old manager, right? That probably is, but I also know Death on Two Legs is also about one of their managers. Who Freddie Mercury, I guess, had very strong opinions of. Yeah. <laughs> Do you just... think Freddie is, uh, is uh, outspoken? <laughs> Him? Yeah. Jerry might still be out. In the, in the unitard? With yeah. <laughs> With a Say king hat. The king hat? Why isn't it the or queen a hat? Crown. Yeah, queen hat. Queen hat. Oh, boy. <laughs> Darn. That's not, a, that's not a thing people say. Yeah. <laughs> it's a tiara. Tiara. It is, it is a tiara. I have to pick my 
my real basic. I'll, I'll, I'll put on my uh, pumpkin spice latte basic pick <laughs> for for this one, which is "Don't Stop Me Now." I don't know. I, I feel like I put this song on a lot when I'm on my way to work, and I really have to get something done that I don't want to do. That's a really good song, like for going to work. That's yeah. actually a good idea. <laughs> I'm just like, fuck. Here we yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. This is the song. I've said this on my show before. If uh, if someone said I've never heard a Queen song in my life. This is the song I would play for them. Yeah, it's a great. Yeah, yeah. it like, sums it up. Maybe maybe this can be our playout song. Is that cool? Sure. Awesome. I don't know. I feel like this song. If it's if you don't like it, it's like one. What the fuck's wrong with you? But yeah. two, like <laughs> this band is not for you. Like, yeah, for sure. If this doesn't speak to you, it's like right. It's all gonna be a big miss from there. So Pat, with the the new movie coming out, what are you looking forward to seeing in a Queen movie? Like, what do you think's gonna make this movie good for you? Well, I'm looking forward to see uh, Mike Myers overact and chew the scenery. <laughs> right. right me with whatever silly voice he always does i'm sure he'll sound like shrek <laughs> he, he actually, i just assume his only line in the whole thing is donkey donkey <laughs> he'll, he'll just say he'll that say times. don't say freddy's a cheeky monkey I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure he's off book i love mike myers but come on dude seriously he's gonna take out of the movie as soon as i see him yeah <laughs> i want to play queen uh, <laughs> Lord above. I am looking forward. I can't say the actor's name, the actor that's playing Freddy. Oh, Rami Malik. Rami Malik. I am looking forward to seeing his portrayal of Freddy because there's a clip in the trailer where they're they're recording Bohemian Rhapsody. He you actually see him speak as Freddy. And man, I was really locked in. He only says like one line, something like, uh, that's where the operatic part comes, or something like that. And I was like, wow. He really just captured Freddie in that one line. I wonder if he's going to be able to do that for two hours. And, you know, I, I know that there'll be lip syncing. You know, I, you, you can't find an actor that can play Freddie and sing like I mean, it's impossible. And I'm hoping that, you know, it doesn't play too much like a, a made for TV VH1 movie. Though I do want those little pop up. Oh, like a pop-up <laughs> video? Yeah. I want my yeah. factoids. Yeah. Freddie goes. Mercury was the lead singer of Queen. Yeah, or some, or some cutaways to some talking <laughs> heads, like Best Week Ever or whatever. Yeah. But, like, VH1 did make some movies. They made, like, a, they made a movie about Def Leppard, and they made a movie They made a movie about another band. And I just hope it's, I hope it's a little bit more uh, a better production than that. But I really think if uh, the guy playing Freddie is, is good, I think that'll hold people's attention. There's a lot riding on his performance, like, there really is. That's and I mean, and we, scary. But he knew that when he agreed to it, right? I mean, one of the most iconic figures in rock and roll. Like, I feel like an actor could play Jimi Hendrix or an actor could play Janis Joplin or, or, or Val Kilmer played Jim Morrison. I, I thought he was fantastic. But Freddie is just this thing. You know what I mean? Like, really tough to play Freddie Mercury, I believe. Let's the see, current, it's tough uh, just to pull off that mustache, let alone do the rest of yes, it. Yes, yes. <laughs> now, Currently, Rotten Tomatoes has it at a 56%. But oh, I gotta boy. Be honest, I, I've seen movies that have had lower than a 56%, and I'll see, a, I'll see it and say, yeah, that, that movie is better than that. You know I think, I mean? I think Highlander has 56%. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Not well, bad. Right, yeah, right. Right in our wheelhouse. Yeah, exactly. A little, little high for Highlander. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. Highlander 2 has a zero on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which would you that, guys that would you welcome a Highlander remake? Oh, for oh, sure. Yeah. We can't wait. 
I've actually, one of my biggest criticisms of Highlander, similar to yours, actually, is I think it's one of the greatest and coolest concepts that's maybe yeah. never been give it, given its, like, full due. Like, it deserves more than what it ever got. And by the way, guys, uh, Rotten Tomatoes has Highlander at a 68%, which is fresh. So, there you, know. guys have, you guys have every right to continue this uh, stupid podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was worried that was going to be revoked, so we're, we're good <laughs> no, to go. Right, right up there. Right up there. <laughs> Certified. Uh, uh, so finally, Pat, why don't you uh, – do you want to plug your show and, uh, you know, uh, tell us are there any, like, cool upcoming episodes our listeners should check out? I mean, our listeners are obviously into Queen, and I don't know. Listen, guys, you're into Queen. You'll like Pat's show. It's awesome. Uh, and, you know, well, like, no, we, we barely touched on Queen today. Uh, so if you want to, you know, do deep dives into albums. I will tell you, we did a Queen episode once with uh, two two brothers uh, that are friends of mine, Dave and Ron Hansen. That is our number two most downloaded episode of all time. Wow. So that, that just goes to show you uh, the power of, of the Queen. Upcoming episodes, we're doing a, we do a track by track of the 1978 Kiss solo albums which is hysterical. There's a book coming out about the bass player from the Cars, Benjamin Orr, called Let's Go, and we do a Remembering Ben episode. We do a, a history of Los Angeles rock. We have an all Stevie Nicks episode coming out. We have an episode coming out called Sexy Strings, which is rock music that incorporates string instruments. Of course, you think ELO, but you'll be surprised at the other songs we play. For example, Baba O'Reilly by The Who has a violin solo at the end of it. Ooh, so wow. We are we're on uh, Twitter. We are at Rock Solid Show. I am at Rock Solid. I'm I'm not. I'm at Pat underscore Francis. <laughs> you can go you can go to rocksolidpodcast.com and that'll that'll basically take you everywhere you want to go. And uh, Kyle Dotson is my uh, producer. My rotating co-hosts are comedian Mike Siegel, comedian Murray Valariano, writer Christy Stratton and comedian April Richardson. And we just have a great time, and uh, those guys rotate in. But again, we have lots of guests. And uh, coming up, we have uh, soccer commentator Alexi Lawless has been on the show a few times. He's he's great. As far as celebrity guests, supposed to record with Nancy Wilson from Heart on November 8th. So cool. That's exciting. I never believe it until they walk in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> up until they walk into the offices, I assume they're not coming. Right. But, and of course, we have a Bohemian Rhapsody movie-oriented Queen episode coming up also. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Pat, for joining us. Yeah. Thank and you. And you guys on Twitter? We are. We are. We Eamon, are what's our uh, – can you remember what our Twitter handle is? It is The Rewatchers. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> the Rewatchers. I gotta, I'm looking it up right now because I don't think – there it is. Hey. Hey-o. Following you guys? Let me see. Ooh. This could break bad. Well, you guys aren't following me, so f you. Oh, that's <laughs> that's right. so good. I just followed you. Awesome, Pat. Well, it always. all our listeners should definitely check out your show. I've been listening for a while now, and it's it's a great way to either you know like revisit some bands that maybe you're really familiar with, and you just want to like check out their whole catalog uh, and get deep into it. Or if there's like a band that you like, maybe you like one or two of their songs, but have never really like listened to the rest of their stuff. I think your show is a great intro well, to people to like get a survey of like a whole catalog. Uh, thank you. And, and, I, and I will say, I mean, and if I'm uh, tooting my own horn, if you look and you see, oh my god, they're doing a Brian Adams episode, I'm skipping that. We do have fun with it. I love Brian Adams, but I'm not going to tell you every Brian Adams song and album is great. So we're not afraid to tear down our heroes. Right. <laughs> 
I think we're well, familiar with that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I say, having uh, done four parts on uh, Highlander Two, we know <laughs> all about how sometimes you have yeah. to bring your heroes down. Yeah. Number one, we try to be entertaining, so don't let a topic title uh, turn you away. Rewatchers, thanks for joining us this week. It was awesome to have you on the show, Pat. You guys are awesome. Give us a five star review sure. on iTunes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Find us on Instagram or join our Facebook page. Thanks, uh, thanks so much to Skrillex for stopping by too. Yeah. Dropping those mad beats. <laughs> I have a nosebleed already. Oh, so good. It's <laughs> Thanks again for joining us, Pat. To play us out, we've got Pat's Choice, Don't Stop Me Now. This is the song he thinks is the perfect song to introduce anybody to Queen because it covers it all and it fucking rocks. Thanks again. We've been your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. Bye. Bye. writing lyrics anyway because I'm not a poet I wish somebody else could do it. mind you but I'm not I'm not like that I like to do it all myself anyway I'm a greedy bitch <laughs>